Hey guys, I'm Skinned and I'm here with Sony for an interview on the fire. All right, everyone, welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny. And today I'm here with an immense and mesmerizing talent in Skinned. Quite the honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, this is an important yet thrilling time of the year for you and your bandmate, Father, uh, with the release of your latest gripping single, Michelle Carter, that dropped this past May. And that lines up with your upcoming EP this fall, I believe, titled Chapter 3. And um, uh, and first and foremost, you know, I just want to commend you on all the well-deserved recognition this new music has been receiving so far. You know, there's just so much to unravel about your songs, your EPs, and what you're all about. But before we get to all that and beyond, I know we're kind of getting back into the normality of things. Skinned, how are you? What's the last seven months been like inside the vision and mind of someone like you? It has been a really tough time for me, a really dark time, uh, dealt with a lot of depression and mental problems, to be honest with you, um, because, it, you know, I, I didn't know how this is going to proceed. You know, am I going to stand on stage again or not? You know, those were like, I was really afraid of that I could never play life again. I was really afraid of that. And, you know, that's something I love the most standing on stage you know feel the energy of your crowd people singing along i mean this is it's hard to find the right words to explain the feeling it's like a drop you know you get yeah. immediately addicted to it and i think the biggest problem for me or for the whole band was we were on european tour with baby metal we played the support for baby metal so we were into touring and then we wanted to go to Australia. And right before we wanted to go to Australia, everything was locked down and we, we just couldn't keep up with our plan. So we had to find a way how we gonna produce new music, um, set up maybe a new live show. Also the videos, that was a, that was a big problem for us. We wanted to you know, um, release more songs, release more videos. But because of the lockdown and because of all the restrictions we had, we weren't able to actually shoot a video. So that was really, really hard for us. But on the other hand, um, I had the time to actually focus on myself and on my music right. with Father. So that was something, I mean, it was all, it's always just me and Father or Father and me, but um, we really use the time for just writing new songs and get the creativity flowing, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, uh, the music videos are a big part of the music you create, which we'll dive into here in a second. Uh, something I, I'm thinking about that you, as you're telling me all these things that, that you're trying to stay focused on the art you create, you know, making the best of this crazy situation that we've all been been in in the last like year and a half. I mean, I don't know what I was going to be doing these podcasts a year ago obviously these interviews would be in person right and you've been at this for a while skin and uh, performing the music that you have i begin to think how was the touring life and the live music experience for you personally because you've done some extensive touring you know you played at you know you're a sauna you played at download performed at vakken festival vakken festival crying out loud that's the mecca 
of heavy mm-hmm. metal festivals or just music yeah. festivals in general. And now, you know, we've all been kind of just forced to take this unexpected step back. And has this time lately made you, I don't know, develop a newfound appreciation, maybe even a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because I know you're uh, you're about to head back out in what, 2022 next year? Like, what was, yeah, your, what was your, yeah, what was your favorite part about touring, really? Um, so my favorite part of touring is just being on stage. Yeah. That's like the best for me. Like performing is something I, I, I would die for, to be fair. So when someone is, or something or a certain situation is taking that away from you and you can't do anything, you know, like we also thought about maybe doing live stream, you know, but everyone was doing it. So I was like, should we also do it now? It's like, it seems like a bit, okay, skin is doing it now as well. So we were like, no, that's not, mm -mm. it's not the same. It's not, not. but, uh, but, but playing live, I mean, uh, Wachen or download festival, that was, that was insane to me. Like download festival in Donington, that was um, uh, 2019. And I remember I, we had a tent stage. It was, uh, um, 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 how do you say that? It was a stage, but in yeah. a tent. Yeah. So it was kind of dark inside. So the light, the light show of us worked really well. And I was going on stage and there were people dressing up like me in front of the stage. And I was like, yeah that was you know it's it's like unbelievable that people you know cosplay you you know yeah and then singing along and then people you know screaming and waving their hands and it's just like it's a dream come true for me because I've, I've been working on this dream of being skinned and performing life for such a long time and now this is finally happening this is so satisfying that you feel like you're on the right track. What you're doing right. right now, you're on the right track and people really appreciate your music and don't just like, you know, say like, oh, you're just glorifying serial killers and you're fucked up. No, people really get what I'm saying. And that's the most beautiful part of it, you know, because I was with father, we, we had so many discussions about this topic. Should we really do that? And I was always like, no, I, that, that that's me you know this is me this is my creativity singing about true crime so that people or your supporters get what you're trying to say yeah and uh and uh, i want to piggyback off of what you just said because the a big part of what makes skinned you know skinned is the live presence that you exhibit on stage and considering the fact that you guys do wear you know makeup have maybe even these prosthetics and have these intense horror themes on the performance setting i mean does it feel like you're taking on a different persona when you're performing live like does it help with the presentation of who skinned is because you know inspiration comes from true crime i feel like you're portraying the music in a visual presentation right absolutely yeah that was that was something i was aiming for that the visual and the music fits well together you know because it's a really visual project as well but to answer your question um i am skinned you know i'm not playing this this is me you know i'm not playing that skinned is a persona we all get that but i am skinned that's 
who and I am. And nothing underneath. And I want to make sure people know that too. There's nothing yeah. underneath. That's me. That's really me. And I, I just don't that. talk yeah. about my privacy, but all you need to know is that I'm skinned and I'm living for it. You know, this is me and performing on stage. This is no, like, it's not staged, you know, mm-hmm. this is really me living my performance. And something that's really important to you. I want to talk about this because I think it's amazing. Your community, this, this skin to get, you're talking about the fans the that are, that are behind the work you create. Talk about them because that's your dedicated and growing fan base. And they're also involved in creating like skinned art of their own. I went in and went through like the stuff that they've made throughout, you know, your career as, as an artist and, and as who, you know, just, just as, you know, being skinned and, you know, they have a Facebook, I saw an Instagram, they have a TikTok, a discord, like, uh, Discord, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and talk about them. Do you have any words to describe just this growing community that you have kind of just manifested? You know, when I when I started this project with father, um I was I I, I was sure about that there's going to be a really big backlash, you know, a girl mm-hmm. singing about true crime. You know, I mean it's it, 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 it kind of comes with a territory, right? Exactly. <laughs> And, but to see that people are like fans creating their own skin to kit fan group, you know, posting every day, you know, I, um, as an artist, you have the chance now to actually get into the groups as well before it wasn't possible or I didn't know about. So I, I'm a part of the skin to kit Facebook group now. And sometimes I just check out their posts and it makes me so like grateful for them because it's like, they really support you without them. You're nothing. That's just how it is. And I'm so grateful for all those people. Also the skinned art challenge we did. I mean, it's so hard to actually pick a winner. They're all <laughs> so talented yeah. and, you know, and, I think the most beautiful thing for an artist, especially when you're singing about the topic like me, that people like sit down and draw your face or they're getting a tattoo of you. Or, I mean, it's hard to find the right words of being, you know, it's just me being super grateful for that because yeah. I never in my life expected that. And never. Uh... Yeah. And, and I love, uh, I think that just shows that how much of a, uh, a positive influence you're having on the community that you're creating and, yeah. and people, you, we talk about, oh, she's singing about serial killers. That's, that's all they see on the surface. They don't see this, you know, they, they don't see the people that are actually affected by this because, um, you know, it, the community that I've seen that I've, I've scrolled through, I'm like, this is amazing. And I can't wait to see what happens in the future. And speaking mm-hmm. of the future, uh, skin let's talk about the new music we talked about everything except the new music right let's get to that because yeah uh good god uh michelle carter i want to tie columbine into this uh of course your upcoming chapter three release set for this fall well, you've been busy which is a good thing you know and you know i want to talk about the music specifically before we get into the nitty-gritty of the ideologies and inspirations behind the curtain because you as a as a unit skin you guys as a unit have this unique ability to fuse genres like industrial electronic uh gothic hip-hop trap metal heavy metal even you have these melancholic elements here and there a lot of jumping back and forth within these genres and you do it so well and this includes chapter one 2018 chapter two 2019 
you know, when did you realize this was the sound you wanted for your music? Did a lot change from where you began to where you ended up now? Because I know you derive your influences from bands like D. Antwoord and Pink Floyd, Rob Zombie, Korn. Or are you still evolving your sound as you create these pieces of music? It's 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 a process. It's still like evolving the sound. It's we haven't really how you say that we haven't really arrived yet. We're still mm. trying to find out. <laughs> yeah, you know how we want to sound like. But the most important part for me as a songwriter is the story that I sing about. I try or we try to create the music to the crime. You know, like Jim Jones sounds really big with like a lot of um, uh, chanting and and um, um, uh, choirs, and you know, it's really big. It's it's it, it reminds me. It reminds you of church. You know, going yeah, to the yeah. church. Yeah. It reminds me of that. And that's what I'm trying to do with each case. I'm trying to write, or we try to write the music to the case that it fits the case. So when you hear the music, you feel like actually the sound really fits the feeling of this case yeah. or Tyler Headley, you know, it's, it's, it's a party song, but because he was having a party on MDMA, that's what I was like. We, we cannot like write a ballad or something. You cannot, you know, you cannot come up with a rock song. Then it's got to match the crime. Have, you know, it, it should match the crime. That's, that's really important to me or to us. And that's why I think that the sound is still evolving because we're not, holding on to something we're just yeah we just write songs we write music we try to translate the music or the cases into music and that's always finding a way or finding the sound or the right sounding and speaking of the sound uh talk about the production you know between writing and structuring your songs and the production process um producing mixing and mastering i know father has a has a big part in that is do you, do you guys bring a whole different team along with that to put the songs you want out there the way you want it to sound? How does that work out? Do you have a routine? Um, so f- that's that's father's business. Like, I'm not even in, involved in this because yeah. I was like, dude, okay. I mean, I write the songs. And when the song is done, it's your it's it, this is your business now. This is not my business because that, that's just not. He's, <laughs> that's OK. You know, he's. He's really into this. He's trying to find new people and then he's working with them. And then that's just his world, you know, finding out new techniques, how to produce a song, how to mix a song. Um, so that's his business. I I have no idea about that. You it's know, because that's... I just that, I want to give a shout out to father because he I mean, um, you know, you I'm an audiophile these days. These days I'm very picky on how, how I want my music to sound the way I want it to sound. I didn't have to mess with any EQ levels with these songs that you put out and father did an amazing job. So that's why I wanted to ask about that. So shout out to him. I mean, you guys make a, just such a great team. Now uh, we talked about the music. Now I'm going to quote you here to start this next segment off because uh, my favorite part uh, you said for weeks, months, even I've been trying to get into the heads of the most vicious, cruel killers. Now, you are known for taking inspiration from these unexplained and, and brutal criminal cases and the mystery surrounding unsolved debts, transforming them into the songs like we talked about. To me, I went to film school for three years. So so uh, as far as like art, you know, this is art thinking outside the box. In a way, I feel it reminds us about the darkness that we as 
you know, humans are capable of. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you knew this question was coming, Skin, and I can't help but ask, where did all this inspiration come from? Because I recall uh, from what I've seen, it, th- this all started from a personal experience yourself from when you were younger. I don't know what you can and cannot cannot say about that, but um, um, yeah, go ahead. So when I was really, really young, my imaginary friend Skin came to me and he introduced himself as such, um, or he introduced himself as Skinned. And I was, I think, I, I don't really remember, but I was like three or four years old. And I was in my child room or child bedroom um and he was sitting on my desk and looking at me super weird and i was scared first but then he was talking to me and i felt like oh we're same age you know but he always had something really dark to him so when i i grew up with him like um and, and he's still here my imaginary friend he's still in also helping me to write songs but he actually showed me that there is not just good in the world, but also bad. So I grew up with him and he whispered like all those horrible stories in my ear. Like Gary Heitnick, for example, was one of the first stories I heard when I was like seven and mm-hmm. he told me about it. Um, and that's how, how it came to be that I started realizing, okay, we're not just living in a pink world and everything is great. Um, we also have like a really, really dark side to this earth we're living in. And that's how I felt like it, it was always when, when he appears and he's talking to me like that, or he's trying to talk about a story or trying to explain me the story. It's always super heavy. And that's how I, you know, in my teenage years, I, I tried to find a way how to get it off my chest so that's why I started to write about it because I couldn't really process it. Mm. And that's how it came to be you that know, I started to write songs about true crime because I just had to write it off. I just had to get it off, you know, and um, that's how it came to be. Yeah. That almost, I write songs al- about true almost like a way to channel your expressions in a productive manner, you know? Um, You know, you have a song like Michelle Carter, which tells the true story about uh, the girlfriend getting her boyfriend to commit suicide. And then you have a song like Columbine, which, you know, that's in the name. It derives, you know, dives in the experiences of the Columbine high school shooting of 1999. I remember seeing as a kid, I remember seeing it on the news, you know, and I want the people out there to know that these songs are not are not glorifying the killers. In fact, I love Mm -hmm. what you're actually doing here because that is a raising awareness about these horrific crimes that people may not have a lot of information about, you know, paying respect to these victims while giving these events a newfound awareness, you know, and Michelle Carter, for example, you have that on that video, you have that link to that mental um, health resource, mm-hmm. which is yes. awesome. And I talked about art at a whole new level, you know, raising the bar for the horror genre and you're a storyteller. And I know you talked about that, about yourself, but telling these yes. stories in in this particular art form skin what's the most challenging part about creating this form of music you know this form this form of message to the world out there is there any pressure for when you sit down to brainstorm these ideas i think the biggest pressure comes from myself i think i think i put myself under pressure a lot because it's to me this is really important what you just said as well i try to raise an awareness and not glorify the killers not at all I just try that 
people don't forget that this really happened. And with Michelle Carter, for example, it's a super new case. You know, that could never have happened in the 80s because smartphones weren't invented right. back then. But for me, I think the biggest pressure is myself. I'm tr I just really try to give it all and give my best and try to um, give justice to the case, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Um, and also, I, you know, I suffer from ADHD. So to, um, to, you know, you have all those informations. And for me, it's really hard to pick what information is more important than the other information? To me, everything is super is super um, important to sing about. So sometimes I need to just lay back and just be like, okay, I need to find a way to you know put all those informations in one song because to me every information is important. So it's like, okay, what do I really want to talk about? And with Michelle Carter, it was clear from the beginning you should talk about those text messages because it's so brutal. Yeah. And you so, have, you had those text messages displayed on the screen, you know, I, I, as the music video goes along, I think, um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I, I remember you saying something, something like how your music doesn't work without the video. And this yeah, is a it doesn't like of that. for, for Michelle Carter, it, because we actually wanted to do another case or another video, we want to mm -hmm. try to shoot another video, but because of, uh, the situation we're living in right now it wasn't possible so i was like okay what what are we going to do and michelle carter the song was ready and i was like why aren't we just do, make like a lyrics video because this song is made for a lyrics video because there's so much you know texting and it's actually cool to see or not cool but it's like nice no, yeah, to see what she was texting you know and that's why we decided to pick michelle carter first and released this song because it was the easiest song to produce, easiest. But it was, you know, because of the situation. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, I made an observation throughout your music videos, and I didn't realize it until I saw one of the comments talk about it. It's, I, I don't know if this was intentional, but I love how your makeup in each video represents something about the crime. Is that just me or is that intentional? That's just you. <laughs> because it is it is different in every music video. It is, it is, it is different. Um, and I can tell you why, because I dream about my makeup looks. Huh. I don't know if that makes sense to you, yeah. but sometimes I mean, I, dream I, I, about mean it. I don't I mean I don't dream about makeup, but you get I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, but I, I see myself in front of a mirror in my dream and mm. I see how I'm doing the makeup, and that's that's like a sign to me, you have to do that for the next video. But actually like some makeups, like the no makeup for Tyler Hadley was obviously made because of the no, hey mom, can I, no, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. like this, no, but it's not always intentional. It's, it's really, it's, it's like a, how you say that it's a coincidence sometimes. Yeah. Because I have all those different um, looks, like the no look was actually um, influenced by uh, the brand Rolf and something. I don't, I don't remember the the brand. Hmm. Okay. That was actually, I was actually inspired by by a really famous brand uh, for this makeup. But all the other looks are actually dream looks. 
and one of the dream looks, uh, Columbine. I gotta, I gotta say because um, I want to give a shout out to Manolo Zarcade and Pascal Walder, who are the directors of the video, and that was nominated for a category of best director at the Berlin Music Video Awards. I mean, talk about them for a second. How did they make it so effortless to bring this vision of the Columbine shooting come to life? You know, like the entire video. I think there were max, there were two shots and it was just a continuous, it was like a revolving story as the, you know, you saw the story unfold behind just the vision of one girl. I mean, you know, go ahead, talk about this music video. Like, how was it, how did they make it easy for you to put this out there? So I, I think when we talk about Columbine, I need to start like in the beginning when I wrote that song with yeah. Father, that was... I think that was 2018, we started to write that song. Okay. But I was never sure if I should like release it because it's Columbine. It's not just, you know, it's Columbine. I mean, I grew up with this case. That's something really big. And to me, school shootings was always a topic in my notebook I, that I want to sing about because it's something we should not like be silent about it because it's happening all the time. Yeah. So when I had a meeting with Pascal and Manolo, it was like, so guys, how, how are we going to do it? And both of them were like, no, you can't do that. You, mm. you can't, you, you can't sing about that. That that's like, no, it's, it's too, no, you too sensitive. You can't do it. And I was like, yeah, well, um, but I want to, but we just have to find a way how we going to portray it, you know? So then Bosco, one day, he just came up with the idea, why don't we just focus on the victims and not on the, on the shooters and make like a, a movie-like teenage movie? And I was like, huh? But what? He was like, why don't we just portray a normal day at school? Like the beginning of this day when Columbine happened, that it's like a normal school day. And suddenly you feel like, okay, there's something wrong. She's acting weird. Okay, the shooting happening. So I couldn't really, I couldn't really imagine it. So we had like a storybook. So they were drawing it. And I was like, okay, that's brilliant. And that's how it came to be that we were like, okay, we're going to have a one take. We're going to do it black and white because it takes off the edge a little. Because if you, if you do it like colored, mm. the colored, version was in my opinion too brutal and the black and white makes it a little bit more how can i say that what's the right word to say that um, um i felt like it gave it the, gave it the depth it needed exactly impact. the depth and the impact but it wasn't that brutal because no color you know yeah and that's what i really liked about the idea in the beginning it's a one take it's something super new i never did that before and um but it was the biggest production so far. Columbine was the biggest one. And uh, it's it's a work of art, you know, and the message that it brings Thank about you. paying respect to these victims. I understand what you're doing. It's it's I, I love that you're doing this, raising awareness. Again, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but it's a form of art that you're getting the message out there to people like me, millions of fans out there. If you don't believe me, anyone's listening, go to the YouTube comments and you'll see. There's a reason why you have multiple million views. It's because it's 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 gaining the attention that it needs. And as uh, I, I want to throw another name at you, which I know this means a lot to both of us, Jonathan Davis. I grew up listening to Corn. Obviously, 
you collaborated on the song with Gary Haydnick. You mentioned that song earlier, but what was it like bringing someone like Jonathan Davis into your world on manifesting something like this? I mean, did it make the process easier? Was it just kind of just unbelievable? Like you do still can't believe it that he collaborated on a song with you. Cause I mean, this, this is one of my heroes growing up. So, you know, <laughs> same here. No, it, to me as well. Like he's an amazing singer. He's an amazing songwriter. He's an amazing artist, amazing human being. And I knew that before as well, because I was a huge fan or still a huge fan. So when this came to be, and when Jonathan Davis texted father and asked father if he can be part of Gary Heitnick, I was like, <laughs> what? It's like what? you see texting me, right? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a no-brainer, right? Obviously. Obviously, like I... I, I we were joking around father and I, we were in the studio and we're both like, no, we don't know what happened. <laughs> no, but it was, I mean, it was such an honor and it's a fun story because when father told me that Jonathan Davis wants to be part of Gary Heitnick, we were in the middle of shooting Eliza Lamb. Oh, and man. I remember that I was sitting backstage in, in like doing makeup and shit. And then, father called me and he was like dude you won't believe what just happened and I was just like literally doing my makeup and he told me about it and I started to cry and all my makeup was like you know like I couldn't stop <laughs> crying because I was like so overwhelmed by this because I was like this is insane and um I think you, you feel it with my reaction. Yeah. Until this day. You don't really have any really... words. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised you don't have any words considering the amount of. Uh, uh, just, and he, just... and he really, he really helped me with the process. Mm -hmm. I mean, I believe that he was a door opener for many, many things. And I'm like super grateful and thankful for, for, for that. And he, he always said, it's not his intention to, um you know to to how you say that um help me in in this kind of way he, he just wanted to be part of it he was super like how you say that he was enthusiastic just uh yes and 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 he he, he it wasn't his intention to help me but he did you know yeah without even doing anything I, he was part of the song but he wasn't right. Like going around and be like, okay, you need to sign skinned here and skinned there. You know, it's just, he was part of it. And just this helped me to get to Vulcan or to download Festival because otherwise no one would, would have cared. That's my opinion. But because he gives his name to this song, it's like people take you serious, more serious hmm. automatically. And uh, that's what just happened. What did I say earlier about how you're, you're really raising awareness to these stories that you're telling the art form, the art form, the things that you're making that that captured someone like Jonathan Davis, that already tells me you're doing something right. You know, mm -hmm. now, uh, by the way, you know, as I was prepping for this interview, by the way, this has been an amazing conversation. So uh, I love that we're able to connect on, on so many levels here. Research skinned is a big part behind the music you create. And I know this, that's something that's important to you. I'm telling you this because I found myself doing the exact same thing. I felt like a detective here. I got so absorbed in these stories that you sort of retold in a more 
eye-capturing manner that I couldn't even let go. You know, when I log into Facebook, for example, or or whenever I'm on Instagram, I see these posts from my friends or whoever I'm following. I don't know if you've seen it yourself. You know, they mention how, you know, this new serial killer documentary is the buzz and you have to watch it, whether it's Ted Bundy or Chris Watts. I know Chris Watts had one, what is it? Uh, murder, American Murder Next Door. American recently. Murder, yes. Yeah, yeah, on Netflix or Catherine Knight. Why do you think you know, we're so drawn to these specific documentaries. What do you think that says about us? You know, I, I remember Jody Arias. Remember that story back in yeah. like 2013? I was, I was at work. This is going to be out in public for everyone here. But I was at work and I was watching the trial instead. But mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? What do you think that says about us? Why are we so, why is, why are humans so uh, uh, glued to stories like this? From your perspective. From my perspective, I think that, how can I express that? That doesn't sound too stupid, but I feel like the human beings feel too great. That's why people can actually, um, you know, take their time and actually investigate those cases. The point is, I feel like that, you know, back in the days, for example, when I would say like Second World War, for example, hmm. people back then had other problems than to actually focus on this you know they had to survive and they had you know and now everyone's actually in a great world obviously the situation we're living in isn't cool but we all feel kind of safe right now and i feel like people like to feel the danger a little you know what i'm what i mean it's a bit like it's, a, it's the same thing with horror movies. Why do we watch horror movies? Because it gives us a feeling of we survived at the end, you know? Mm. It's this feeling of like dopamine, you know, you're like happy that you made it. And I feel like it's the same thing with true crime. I mean, every housewife is now reading about true crime, you know? Take yeah. my mother. She's loving true crime stories. Because she can read it from like her bed where she's super safe and just, you know, she doesn't have to actually go out and actually feel like, um, um, how you say that? Um, um, oh, how do you say that? Hold on, hold on. Say, say that part I've been helping you with these throughout. What, what were you saying? You're saying you're trying to, she was trying to. I'm tr- you know, from your safe space, you're reading like a true crime story. Mm-hmm. And you feel safe and the story is super horrible and super brutal, but you're in your safe space. So you actually, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, you feel that sense of comfort knowing that I have, I have this yeah, bed, I'm, I, I have, I, I'm, I'm in my pillows. I have this room, this house. And this and... is not going to happen to me. You know, always people say like, oh, yeah. that's not going to happen to me. That's a story that's like far away, you know? And I feel like this is kind of a problem. And humans but committed committed thinks, those crimes. It's a human. We're humans, you know. I mean, that's not, not gonna, that's, alien. that's it's not, not that, aliens. It's yeah, not a monster that's, that's not going to change. Your bed. No. And I, I think that that also serves as a kind of a representation on what we are capable of. I think I mentioned this earlier in the interview. Like, uh, you know, as as people were falling for Ted Bundy, he was just he was this good looking dude. You know, uh, I, I think he was in college at the time when he when he committed these atrocities. But, you know, you couldn't even tell. He just looked like a normal human being. It's it, that's the thing, like a simple something simple like that can commit 
Like we like we're talking about Ted Bunny, a guy that, you know, committed these decades ago, you know, yeah. and that's just a human being that committed that. It shows what we're capable of, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an example of why we're glued to this. It's the mind. But I also but I also feel like that we're glued to it because it's just fascinating. What does what does bring a human being to the edge of humanity? Hmm. It's a certain trigger or it's a mental illness. I don't know. But that's, to me, that's the most um, fascinating thing. And I, I hate the world fascination when it comes to this, but it is fascinating. No, I know exactly what you mean. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying this in a, in a, in a way of like, I adore those people. No, not at all. Really, not at all. It's just their sight. You know, like it's, what's going on in, in, in Ted Bundy's head, for example, just to get into their heads and try to understand what's going on. And we will probably never understand it. But to go back to your point, what you just said, I feel like that we're all capable of doing uh, inhumane cruelties. We're all capable. And if someone tells me, no, we're not, you're lying. Because it takes a certain trigger. Like, I don't know. I, I had this discussion with father or with many other people as well. I asked them, what, what is your trigger then? Think about it. What's your trigger? Just when you're like standing in traffic, for example, that's triggering for some people oh, that yeah. they just take their car and just drive into another car. I, I, that's their know, trigger. I, I actually know people personally who are triggered by that. Um, it's crazy. See? You bought that up out of all, out of all things. Um, but, I mean, but that's but it starts super small and it ends in murder. That's mm-hmm. how it is. And that's what I came across with all those stories and also with people talking to people. And I went to a prison a few years back to have like, I, I'm not I'm not allowed to say what prison and with who I was yeah, talking to, but um this dude told me that because his mother was attacked. He killed this guy. Trigger. And that was his trigger. And that was so interesting to talk to this guy about it because he was like, I, 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 I never thought about myself as a murderer, a murderer, but I am because of that. You know, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, sorry, my mind is racing right now because there's so much about this that we were able to uncover. You know, obviously like true crimes and the horrors behind it kind of serve as like the main i don't know like the theme behind the music you do you know uh, how important is something like that to you is like with themes of the horror like true crimes is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience because there's a lot of artists who they're out there who don't really care about themes, right they just do like 10 songs in the studio and that's it but with you you really like dug into this and on the other side you were able to create these pieces of music this form of art that um, again, uh, I, I'm pretty, I'm repeating myself, but there's a point to this about why a theme is so important to you. Like you, the themes, you can't do the music without the themes. Is that another way no. to put it? Yeah. Yes, I can. So, and so, the music wouldn't work without the cases. Yeah. Yeah. And, and case in point, you know, these collections of songs, these EPs, you know, talking about chapter one, chapter two, um, I'm excited for chapter three. Do you see these as snapshots of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back skinned? No, Hmm. no, no, no. It's not a personal thing here. No, with like uh, uh, trying to like 
it depends. Michelle Carter was a case I, I wanted to write about and focus on it because it happens because words can kill. Yeah. And that was really important to me. It's, it's just important because it has a message. It has the mental health that we need to be aware of as well. Like people are still, people still have no idea what mental issues is, can do. Yeah. And that mental, you know, that, that's something I hate about people sometimes. Like if you have a broken leg, you wouldn't, you wouldn't walk up a stair, right? But when you're depressed, they don't see it, but they still push you. And that's something I try to get like, put like a light on it. Mental health is something you still need to talk about. And Columbine school shootings is something that has never changed. Never. Hmm. There's no change. And not even in the future. It doesn't seem like there's going to be change. And I try to pick the, 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 the cases first that, like the, the, the one I'm most in, in interested in, I can focus on because of my ADHD. And second, what's the message behind it? Does it actually fit the time? Because I have so many cases, I, I'm in so many songs I, 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 I wrote. So I can decide now, you know, like, or the topic I can decide. So I always think about, is it like an up-to-date case? Is it still like on? And most of them are still like happening. I mean. Cults are still happening, Jim Jones. This is still happening That's all true. over the world. Yes. Um, um, and Tyler Hadley's killing their parents. They're still out there too. Also, the, the, there's also a problem with mental issues. Is, you know, it's, it's just, I really try to pick the cases where I feel like there's a message and I can really stand behind it. And I remember someone saying on one of your videos, and it, it's a very, it's a very, I agree with this person. They said, the crazy thing about all this is that, <clears throat> excuse me, is that you won't run out of songs. You know, yeah. that's, that's the sad that's thing. Sad. That's a sad thing to think about. And, but, but there's a point to this. We're, we're talking about it, you know, like raising awareness, mental health. And I have so many friends who struggle with mental health, you know, you know, yeah. I'm no stranger to that myself. And it's, yeah. it's crazy. I, if you don't deal with mental issues, I'm, so, ha no I'm, I'm so happy for you. Great. I, I, I love that you don't have to deal with what we have to go through. And that's another message is raising mental health as an awareness yes. for these, for this music that you put out and uh, skin. We've covered a good amount of ground on this amazing interview. I hope we get to do this again in person. When you come to Dallas, yeah. that'd be amazing to do. You know, I, I begin, be amazing. that would be amazing. And, uh, um, you know, what is the most, you know, you tell me all these things that you've done so far up to this point, what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their career? You know, we talked about touring your syndicate fan base at the same time, you've been involved with many other different aforementioned talented bands, artists, individuals throughout that timeline we have talked about, you know, as a musician, as an artist, and how, even as a human being, if I can head in that area, you know, have your aspirations as a performer, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the no. industry? Hmm. No, no, not at all. That's an answer. <laughs> no, because, no, because the most rewarding thing is to see that people do the skinned art, like do draw skinned art or whatever. That's to me still 
it, it's super emotional to me as well to mm-hmm. to 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 feel that's that's really what I this is something I I could never like I I wished for it but I could never like I never expected it that it's that like cool that people really support you and that's the biggest reward for me and that people take their time and text me on Instagram I mean sometimes I get DMs that's like heartbreaking it's beautiful to mm. to to see that people get creative because of you or people could get out of their bad headspace because of you or um or even kids singing along to your songs sometimes i feel like oh this this boy is too young to actually sing ratatata but well My you gosh. know if that's <laughs> if that's their if 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 the parents introduce them to that music and tell them what it, what it's all about I don't think it's a bad thing to do. Mm, yeah. You know? I think the message is uh it's a it's a it's very important. It's very important. And people yes. just these days I feel like people just look at what's on the surface. I think your mm-hmm. music is kind of like a testament to that. It, it's kind of a, like a lesson. You just look at the surface and that's it. That's all you need. That's not good enough, you know, especially today. No. You got to dive into it from the inside out. Feel feel what it feels from the inside. Case in point, look at look at what I'm talking to you about. All these things that affected someone like me, and um, it's, it's beautiful. It, it, it's really uh, amazing. Maybe not the best word to say, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's pretty fascinating about how you were able to get creative with this and really put this, you know, out there for people to 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 get the message that it really means. The message, message, message. I, I'm 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 beating that to a pulp here. I know that, but. That's that. That's the reason why I'm talking to you about this now. Um, Skin, this is the last part of the interview. Um, again, I want to thank oh, you so worry. much for uh, doing this. Uh, this has been such an honor. You know, usually I ask my guests like a kind of like a, a really fun tidbit question before we finish things off. I know we talked about movies, kind of like how like the horror genre is kind of like I, I mentioned I went to film school. I love the cinematography you've done behind the behind the music videos. Do you have, you don't know, five favorite movies you can think of at the top of your head that you really love that maybe have influenced you or trying to, it's not, it's not, it's not a movie. It's a series. Okay. Okay. That counts Uh, too. It's American horror story. Oh, like how did did I not? Of course. (laughs) All seasons like murder house, um, um, hotel, apocalypse, Roanoke, uh 1986 yeah. what were the first two all seasons? those murder house um asylum and coven uh, no freak no, show wait, wait. yeah so i watched the first two seasons i haven't watched anything since then you have to, i just haven't had have time to watch, you have to watch it you have I, okay. to watch it it's like to me this is the only series I can rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and i never get tired of it and now there's a new um uh, season coming out yeah. soon, and I'm a huge fan fan of Ryan Murphy. I mean, oh god, uh, I would if I could ever work with him. Ryan, hit pl- me plug up. it in, plug it in now. This will be on all major streams out there. So, <laughs> Ryan, if you're listening, please do something with skin, and uh, I it's going to be a work of art. I mean, con- combining the minds of someone like you and someone like Ryan, who's behind the you know you know. Just the yeah, it would be amazing. Just the stories behind American Horror Story. I love how every season's different. They have these recurring characters coming back. That really gives it the depth. And it's so well done. Yeah, it's like um, it never looks cheap. 
and uh, and now you got me to I know what I'm going to do this week. So there's uh, I've been watching rewatching shows on you Netflix. Better. So so I'll I'll dive into that. But uh, Skinned, do you have any last words? Is any shout outs? Anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as new material from you or even Chapter Three before we finish things off here? Yeah, I don't know if you have. But a... I'm going on tour. Yeah, is I'm it going on tour? Skin when is that? Life. When does that tour start? Okay. Twenty. 22 yeah like and it's going to start part? first of february in uh, helsinki okay. finland and hopefully we can get you here in the states sooner than later I oh know, i hope so i, I know everything is kind of like upside down here here in the states like we are we're going back to like you know sometimes it goes to like these phases one two three four then we go back to phase one and the lockdowns again and i don't know i don't know i'm here in texas texas is just on its head it's been on its head for the last year and a half who knows? But uh, hopefully, uh, I can't wait to. I have to see you in like just the performance that you guys put out. So that's what I'm waiting for. I know I'm like. Or you just uh, you just you just come <laughs> to Europe and and watch us play the. Hey, the, there we the, go. That, that, that that's another solution. So uh, uh, we'll stay in touch on the socials. Skinned, uh, you be safe sure. out there. And uh, thank you, you too. No, thank you so much was again. It um, was really great talking to you. Sorry. Hey, likewise. Uh, I can't wait till we do this again. We're going to talk about that time when we did an interview during the pandemic, right? That's something to look forward to. Um, skin, Absolutely. be safe where you are. Uh, can't wait to see no more thank new music. Uh, have a great tour. Have a great rest of thank 2021. You. If I don't see you again, let's stay in touch on the thank socials. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.